0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. If you will, go to Isaiah 62, which is our foundational scripture, and we're going to go through some of our previous information and then we're going to go right into new information because God is speaking to our hearts and he's having a lot to say and on this particular subject that I'll be dealing with today I want you to understand a great deal about it so I'm going to take my time it might take two sections for me to do it because I want to take my time because I want you to understand some things about what we'll be teaching and I'll let you know that later on but in Isaiah 62 we see here that God is speaking to the nation of Israel, and we're, and, we're, we're, and God is showing them that he's bringing about restoration. We found out that at this particular time, they were in trouble. They were a nation that was just all, they were all out of the will of God. Uh, everything was torn down. Everything was broken down. And God... Because of praying people, God stepped in and sent Isaiah to tell them that that, uh, that he was going to restore them. And that's what God is doing this morning with us. He has sent me to tell you that he's here to restore you, that he's making restoration among his people. Among his people, and and you know, we've been out so far out living outside of the will of God and outside of the power of God that you know we don't have our confidence in God, and that is a poor thing. And I'm not talking about for sinners; sinners don't care one way or the other. I'm talking about believers, Amen. And let's look at verse 10 and 62. It says, "Go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up." Cast up a highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. And God is telling us that it is our responsibility... Our responsibility as believers to make sure that others can see Him. We have to cast up how we need to get everything out of our lives that's not appropriate, everything that's hindering us, everything that's easily besetting us. We need to get all those things out of our lives so that we can be an example, so we can set a standard, so that we can go, we can go through the gates and bring others through the gates as well. And God is saying He's speaking to us, He's speaking to Israel here, but He's speaking to us. Everything in the Bible is for us. Everything. Old and New Testament is for us. His, the, His Word is for us. We draw from it. That's where we get all of our examples. That's where we get everything from is from the Word of God. Amen. And so we understand that we need to lift up a standard. And we lift up a standard by being an example. God is calling us to be an example. We are people that should be an example for others. I told you in this time of preparation, because that is the time that we're in, God is preparing us for his next move. And in this, we need to learn to love preparation. We need to learn to love being prepared. We need to learn to love, I don't care how long it takes, because preparation is not a short period of time. So we need to learn to love it. And I told you that we cannot perform if we don't prepare. In church... We cannot perform the will of God if we're not prepared. God is just not doing something off the top of his head. God doesn't speak out the side of his neck. Men do. So we must be a people that are prepared. Amen. And then we said that we have to be prepared and we have to be ready through advanced planning. We have to plan ahead of time. That's what preparation is. It's a planning ahead of time. A lot of times people are looking for miracles and looking for God to do things, but they don't want to be obey but miracles come through obedience and so we need to understand that through the time of advanced planning I need to be obeying I need to be obeying everything that God is saying so that I can be on point with everything that God is saying amen and then we talked about so many different things, but I'm just touching on a few of those. We said preparation is essential to being used by God. If we're going to be used by God, preparation is your next thing in order. Now, you have to ask yourself when you answer the call that God wants to use you, whether I'm asking you, are you ready to be you because if you're ready to be used then you have gone through preparation you have understood something you, you know what in, in times of preparation it's not going to always be likable it's not going to be always uh, enjoyable because sometimes preparation calls taking away things it takes you know when people are re- renovating a home or building a home there's always a prep time and they are like okay we're gonna tear this down we got to prep it all for the new stuff for the next thing that we're going to do and so it, that time doesn't always feel good and it doesn't always look good and you send the you, you send the home on the end and they see them bashing up everything and pulling everything down they're like oh my god that's destroying my house but then when they put it all back together they're like oh my god it's amazing but it didn't look like that in preparation time well sometimes you might feel ruffled up and you might feel like oh that didn't feel good that didn't but it's preparation it's chiseling away some things. It's adding some things. It's purging some things. It's getting you prep. prepped. If you're, if you're a little fat in an area that God's going to want you to slim through a narrow way, God's going to cut some of that off. He's going to do different things to you to prepare you. To be used by Him. Amen. And we learned last week that when you're ready, you are skilled. And I said that means that you have the knowledge and the ability to be used. And then when I say that, I'm not talking about education. and You have to have all this. I'm talking about being diligent. That means that you have proven that you're going to be consistent and persistent. That's the main thing. That's being knowledgeable, and having the ability. And then we said when you are ready, you are attentive, meaning that you are able to focus, just focus on the details of an assignment. God is going to give different assignments out, out, and God wants you to focus on the details. Let me tell you something. When you are given assignments, a lot of times everything is going to go on in your life to prevent you from doing that assignment. You must stay focused. You have to, and let me say that's a battle within itself because we live in these bodies, we live in this world, we live in this society, and everything is drawing for our attention. But God is saying, stay focused in the midst of all of the calamity, in, in the midst of trouble, trials, persecution, tribulation. You must stay focused to the details of the assignment. Amen? And then we said that when you're ready to be used by God, it means that you are available to work. Oh, we have so many people that say they love God until God asks them to be available to Him. And then they have every excuse. I've seen God speak to people. I've seen them speak to people from this platform and they could not step in. I'm not available. God is like, I'm ready to use you now. I'm not available now. I'm busy living my best life. When I get through living my best life, I'll be back with you. Well, I've seen people do that too. After they've done everything that they wanted to do, everything against the Word of God, now they'll step in and say, Okay, God, now I'm ready. God said, Well, I don't think so. I don't think so. Let me tell you, I God... He's a sovereign God, but he's no fool. All of a sudden you do everything against God, and then after you get satisfied in the flesh on all that you've done that's against the word of God, now you're ready to step up for God. And I I, I don't know if you repented or not or whatever, but even if you repented, there's a time of restoration, and you must abide by that time and be restored. And I told you there's a difference between having a heart for something and having a... Heart prepared to do something. And I'm not gonna go through all of that because it'll eat up my time. You have to go back and listen to it. But there is a difference between having a heart for and a heart prepared to do something. Totally, totally different. Amen. A heart prepared to minister to somebody that's, that's a whole different question. That's a whole different question to be asked. Are you ready to minister to someone, uh, uh, Minister to them from the heart or just something that you've seen, that's totally different. And a lot of God's people, they minister to people by what they see instead of a heart condition. Amen. And then we said that God is challenging us to the unseen work. The unseen work is what's going to show seen results. Unseen work is what's going to show seen results. And I don't care how you put it, how how you try to say it, what you try to do. If you're not doing any unseen work, no seen results are going to do it. Then you're going to do a lot of things in the natural to be seen. But you don't have to be try to be seen when you've done the unseen work. It will be noticeable. It will be noticeable. Amen. And it is the unseen work that make the seen work have power. See, it makes the seen work have power. That's why when you see people that have not done the unseen unseen work and they step up like they're doing something, that's why you look like, ooh, that was no power in what they said. That was no, it was, mmm, like it's something missing. That's because if you haven't done the unseen work, there'll be no power. There's no power in what you speak, It's no power in what you say, It's no power in what you do. You have to do the unseen work and it will automatically be noticeable. Amen. And then we need to make sure that our hearts are healed. That's so very important. If you notice in all these teachings, God keeps dealing with us so about our hearts. Everything with God is a heart issue. It's not, it's not, let me tell you, it has nothing to do with, all oh, her personality. It's a heart issue with God. And God is like, I want to heal your heart. Because when I heal your heart, it's gonna, it's gonna infiltrate in every part of your life. But if you have a broken heart, if you have a messed up heart, if you have a hard heart, if you have a stony heart, if you have a heart that's just not right, if you have a heart with the wrong agenda, All of those things is what God is trying to restore in you so he can use you. God wants a tender, a loving heart, a forgiving heart. And that's what God is doing within our midst. Why? Preparing us for the next move. We have to be in that and flowing out of that. Amen. And this, you know what, I'm not going to go through any more of this. I'm going to go on to because I have a lot of information. But this is what I want you to know. Take God's word Seriously. Oh, I don't know how many times I can say that. Take it seriously. I'm telling you from Family Life, Wednesday, from the New gens meeting, everything. Take His Word seriously. Stop looking at who's delivering the message and start taking His Word seriously. And you'll always know when people take God's Word seriously, they'll begin to move with fear. In other words, God told me To work on this, to work on that. Just like last week he told us, I want you all now, right now, to start working on your savings. Get out of debt. Take it seriously. Don't forget it. Take it seriously. And get out of debt. So why? After you heard that Sunday, you should have started working on it right then. If you are a person that's hard to a hard person to save, or, or you have a struggle with it, now is the time to work on that. God is saying, you're going to wish you would have, work on it right now. Why? Because something is coming. How many times does he have to tell you that? Something is coming. God never tells you something just haphazardly or just to to say something. He's saying it for a reason. Amen. Then we said that you have to finish the assignment. Because why? A half boat won't float. And we'll keep saying that. You have to finish assignment. Oh, how many times over the years in ministry have I seen people come into this ministry, can't finish an assignment, can't finish just in the flesh, can't finish. I've seen people in this ministry that just can't finish the assignment. And in their life, a half boat is not floating. They're trying to and they're trying to make everyone think that it's floating. Everyone think but no, everybody's looking at you like It's just not, something is not right. It's because it's a half, you're looking at a half boat on living water trying to float. No, you're gonna have to finish your assignment. Amen? I can't start building something and quit halfway. Take his word seriously. For what's coming up. You can't start building stuff. Now what are we wall builders? I can't get up on the wall and then come down. I got to stay there. I can't quit. I can't keep moving myself around foolishly. God cannot use you if you're not ready. And not prepared. You must be skilled. You must be diligent. You must have properly be properly positioned and willing. Oh, I love that! And willing to do what God has called you to do, and be prompt in following the instructions that we must be. And then we must be available. That that makes us available. Father, I'm prompt. I hear what you said. I'm on it. I want to do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm on it. Prompt. There it is. I'm here. I'm doing it. That makes me available to God. That makes you. Let me. That makes you irresistible to God. If nobody wants to use you, God will make you. God, let me tell you. God will make them think it's their idea. He'll just. you He'll make them call upon you. But you have to position yourself for that. Position yourself to be used by God. Then your heart has to be prepared. If it is not, if your heart is not prepared, you will not seek God. Simple as that. You will not seek God. You know what? You will not teach God's word. You will not. You won't even seek to teach His word. None of that will work. You won't be able to teach it to others because I haven't sought him. Your mind has to also be prepared. So I have to prepare to be in in his will. My mind has to be prepared. My heart has to be prepared. Listen, when you get instructions from God, it will test, listen, whether you are mentally ready to be used by God. It's going to test you on it. You know, we say we're ready. God said, okay, you're ready. Now here comes the test. It's going to be a test to see if you're mentally ready to be used by God. Just saying, God, you can use me is nothing. Because when it comes time for people to be, for man to, God to use them, I've seen it. I've seen it over the years. When it comes time, people say, I'm ready to be used by God. When it steps up and God's ready to use them, they go mentally crazy. That's why God said you need to be mentally stable. They go mentally crazy. Well, what about this? Okay, what Okay, what do I do about this? Oh, how come this? How come? You're know, just all over the place. You have to be able to think correctly. See, our minds can't be all over the place. You must have proper, the proper attitude. You need to make sure that you're willing to endure, go through any hardships. You're able to now see most now uh, uh, most of the people that have said they're call, all they have to do is get offended with the word and they're out. You're not you're not ready to even endure. Let alone be able to minister to somebody about the things of God. You can't even endure. You can't endure. Now if you can't endure chastisement from your pastor or a minister or just one of your friends, how are you taking chastisement from the invisible God that you don't see? it's no way it's no way so you have to learn to endure you have you are able you know what you have to be able to go through things you're going to have to be able to go through things and have a mental fortitude to be able to handle the challenges that comes with an assignment let me tell you there are challenges that comes with an assignment I know it looks all easy to everyone. It looks like it's just simply getting up here and just having a message. But it's so much more than that. You have to have a fortitude to be able to handle the challenges. Then we learn that our life has to be prepared. We cannot and should not be entangled with the affairs of this life. In other words, some of you, listen, you are so tied up in stuff, God can't even use you. Just tied up. You have to get, you know what, you have to even get your relationships right. Oh, and I mean, God has been, I don't know how long God's been talking to us about that. You have to get your relationships right. Everybody, listen, come to terms with this one thing. Everybody in your life didn't come to stay just be okay with that everybody that comes in your life didn't come to stay know that oftentimes people come in our lives and they come to pass but we entangle ourselves up with somebody that's that's exiting our life god is telling it's time for them to exit your life and instead of moving on and moving forward you just get weighted down Oh, oh, you know. Sometimes when a person leaves the church, that's God's exiting them in your life, and you, oh, 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 you know, or just in your life, period. And God is saying, you know what? Why you weighted down? You, what you do is you stay focused. I don't care how close they are to you. How many times when people get to heaven, they're going to find out I was following my friend and miss God altogether. Now we need to make, now this is one thing we need to make sure. We need to make sure that our finances are in order. You can't, everybody say can't, can't be head over heels in debt and glorify God. Did you hear me? You cannot. You cannot be head over heels in debt, and glorify God. We have to make sure that our affairs are in order. We can't be bound down down to things. We cannot. And we're bound down so much with things that we can't even do what God said. Now that's just straight up foolishness. Straight up foolishness. That I'm so bound down with things and stuff and things I'm doing and things I want to do and plans that I have. And I'm here, here and there and I'm over there. You cannot be used by God. Can't, well, you can't even do what he's asking you to do. Now, this brings us up to what I want to talk about today. This is what I want you to know. And write it down. How to be made ready to deal with adversity. That's an assurity. Please write that down, because we're going to get into this. How to be ready to deal with adversity. Now, listen to me. Just so happened where we are right now in life, we are in at an adverse circumstance. We are in an adverse time. Did you hear me? Listen what we're talking about. We're talking about how to be made ready to deal with adversity. Well, in this pandemic, we are in an adverse time. You got that. But I want to ask this question. And I want you to answer it within yourself. Were you ready for it? Were you ready for it? And that's some of you that are coming through an adverse time. And guess what? You, can, you might can see the light, but it's still an adverse time. Ask yourself, were you ready for it? That's all I'm asking this morning. Or were you ready for this? Now, if you were not ready, your ears ought to go up. Because you need to listen. If you were not ready, your ears need to go up. Because you were not ready. Because we have to be prepared to deal with adversity. We must. See, because... We have an adverse. Uh, 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 see, first of all, you got an adversary. That's where adversities, a lot of some adversities come from. But you you gotta realize I have an adversary, and this is what you have to realize, especially in this time. Your adversary is not Democrat or Republican. Now he might use either, and he does, but he himself is not Democrat. Or Republican. I'm going to take my time. Even though the adversary works through them both. But we have an adversary, and he's going, and he's, and let me say, and he's not going away. Why? Because we have an adversary, we are going to have adversity. He's not going away. Because you have an adversary, you will have adversity. We live in perilous times. Hard to deal with times. We live in dangerous times. Grievous times. You can't live in these times and think you're not going to face adversity. You cannot. Because you're going to. Listen, we have to deal with other people. Meaning that we also have to deal with the human element of this all. How many of you know everybody is human, including you? They're human. And you have to deal with them. And guess what? They have to deal with you. The human element. Listen. Just dealing with the human element, that brings adversity in your life. Just dealing with the human element. But guess what? We also have to deal with the adversity of just unmet expectations. Adversity. In other words, I just didn't expect it to be like this. I didn't expect this to happen. I just didn't expect this to go that way. You have to be ready to deal with adversity. This is what I've come to understand in my new role. And God showed it to me. Explained. And I've watched it over the years and years and years. As my husband being pastor, I've watched it in his life. But which have also that, you know, we always want the mantle of someone else where the comes upon you too. But listen, I have found out that my whole occupation is dealing with adversity. Hmm. That is now what I do for a living. If you want to take my whole job and you want to say a a job description and you want to put it in one sentence, what does pastor do for a living? It's deal with adversity. Just deal with adversity. Let me tell you what I now I watch my husband deal with and now I have to deal with. I deal with whatever the church is going through. I have to deal with that. I have to deal with whatever goes on in my life. Because I'm just like you. I'm human. I have to deal with everything, every adversity that goes on in my family's life. Because I have a family just like you do. I deal with every adversity that you're facing. Why? Because whether you know it or not every adversity that happens in this church is going to land on my desk. It will land on my desk. And it have landed on my desk. You may talk to who you want to but I'm going to know about it. So you can be Ready to deal with adversity. Here's the thing about adversity. And please write it down and please say it over and over again. This is one thing that you're going to have to deal with adversity. Here we go. You don't know when it's going to come, where it's going to come, and how it's going to come you're never gonna know but adversity but know for surety it's coming but you won't know when it's coming you won't know where it's coming and you won't know how it's coming but it is coming adversity does not come when you expect it to come (laughs) listen if it did you wouldn't have bought that new house You wouldn't have bought that new car in November (laughs) or whenever. It does not come when you expect it to come. You never know when it's going to come, where it's going to come, or how it's going to come. In other words, you will be all geared up to, you know, to take on one adversity, and all of a sudden... See, we might have been, before this you probably was dealing with whatever you were dealing with and there was an adversity that's come up. And all of a sudden you turn on CNN and we in the pandemic. Another adversity. Because you don't know when, where, or how it's coming. Not going to come when you expect it to come. So you can't anticipate You just have to prepare. You can't anticipate, but you just have to be prepared. Now, go back to what God has told you. He said, get out of debt, start building up your savings, preparation. You don't know when, where, or how. You have to be prepared. As a church, we have to be prepared as every individual in the church. Listen, if you are not prepared, it will hinder the plan of God. Now listen attentively. The only way to be prepared for adversity is that your heart, back to your heart, has to be prepared. Your mind has to be prepared. And your life has to be prepared. The way that you began to deal with Adversity, or get prepared for adversity. Your heart has to be prepared, your mind has to be prepared, and your life has to be prepared. See, it's a lot in what I'm teaching here. Things that God has been working on uh, all year with us. Listen, if your heart is not right, when adversity come, it's gonna pop out! It's gonna pop out! When adversity, if your heart is not right, it's going to pop out. If your mind is not right, let me tell you, because, listen, the adversity is coming. If your mind is not right, when adversity comes, you won't endure. You can't endure. Your mindset is not right to endure the hardship of it. (sighs) You can't think correctly you can't get your attitude right everything is a mess because what I didn't prepare and now I'm all over the place if your life affairs are not in order when adversity comes you're not gonna be ready for it you're not gonna be ready for it some of you need to ask yourself today if you die today Is every all your affairs in order? Are you going to depend on your loved ones to bury you? If you're out of a job and I mean, have you looked at it? Is is everything in order with your 401k? Is everything together with your retirement? Your affairs, just your natural affairs, are they in order? You have to be ready. See, that's why we learned last week that you have to be ready in advance. And you learned that because, you learned that last week that you have to be ready to be in advance because you were going to learn this week adversity is coming. So God, for last week, he said, start preparing and planning. This week he comes back and says, adversity is coming. You don't know where. You don't know when and you don't know how. Now listen. I'm going to give you the answer then we're going to chase it for the rest of our time. Here's the answer. It's not going to be one you like. Especially you charismatic folk. You're not going to like this. This is about the time you probably stop streaming but it's a good truth if you just be still. Write it down. We are made ready to deal with adversity through adversity. You are made ready to deal with adversity through adversity. In other words, each adverse situation in your life should prepare you for the next. (laughs) Listen, and if you live your life, here we go. The adversities of your life should increase. (laughs) They should increase. Uh Uh-oh. I don't want to hear that. If you live your life properly, the adversities should increase. That's so uncharismatic, Pastor. Well, yeah. Because he's not talking about what you're going to get. It's telling you that your troubles is coming. It's, it's not telling you that every day is Friday. It's not telling you everything is going to be good all the time. And everything God will just meant for everything to be. Let me Those who tell you that all life is. You're never supposed to be in any trouble. They haven't read the Bible. So oh, that is not a truth. I'm going to prove it out to you. Everything is supposed to be excellent. You're supposed to have abundant life all the time. You shouldn't go through the... You shouldn't be sick. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't have... You shouldn't be... You should have everything that you need. You should always be healthy. You should always be happy because you serve an almighty God. Now, see, that'll make somebody jump and holler. But that's not true. Adversity is coming. Oh, I want you to get this so bad, I want to slow it down. Each adversity, each adverse situation in your life should prepare you for the next. Okay. This is why I say that if you live your life properly, The adversities should increase. This is why I say that. The more successful you become, the greater the adversities you're going to face. Successful people know that. If you live life properly, the adversities should increase. Because you're going to be... The greater your achievement, listen, the greater your challenge. Simple. Simple the greater your achievement, the greater your challenge. You cannot have great achievements without great challenges. No way. They go hand in hand. If you're a young person and you want to be successful, well, the key is to learn how to deal with adversity. That's the first key. Learn how to deal with it. Adversity. Adversity. Adversity is built in to success. And see, most of you all, when you all hear this about success, you think money. But see, my success is in Christ. But this principle will work in any area. But my success that I'm talking about is in Christ. Adversity is built into success. You can't become more successful without learning how to overcome bigger and better and greater adversities. The bigger you get, the more challenges you're going to have. You know, you can start with a mom and pop store and everything just seem to do it. Then you start getting a bigger store. Then you start getting chains of stores. Everything there is going to be bigger. Adversities. Why? The more successful you come, the more challenges you come. Oh, it's getting harder and harder. It was easy. Oh, when we at the mom and pop store, it was easy. We just brought in this. Now we gotta do this. We gotta do that. It's another challenge. It's another adversity. It's, thin. oh, we're dealing with this person there and that person there. And now we could do it with all these lawyers and all these. Now it's a bunch of adversities. Why? Because when you're successful, it brings it. What separates average from greatness, and separate it separates those by the, the the greater the challenge, and what you can deal with. I'm trying to teach you something. Grab it. So each adversity should teach you something. Should teach you something. So I want to ask a question. Over the last four and a half months, you should have learned something. You should have learned something. So I face the next so why should I have learned something? So when I face the next adversity, it's not going to impact me like this one did. Why? Because I learned something from it. So the next one that comes, I'm ready. I'm prepared. It's not going to impact me like that. Got to be prepared for the next one. I hope you are listening attentively Submitting fully Are you submitting fully? I'm telling you You better conform completely to what God is saying Now listen Now if you've come through these last few months Listen Guessing what God is showing you through this And you go out And just what he's been teaching all this time. And you go out and get head over heels in debt, run up your credit cards, don't create a savings, don't do anything, don't put anything into your retirement, don't do... You haven't learned anything. You have not learned anything. I don't care how many notes you take. You haven't learned. This pandemic ought to have, and it should have already taught you something. It should have taught you something. I hear people say, you know what, I'm living from paycheck to paycheck, and I'm living, you know, and I, you know, everybody, they're living from paycheck to paycheck. If you've learned anything in this ministry over the years, you ought to learn that that's not the way to live. Living from paycheck to paycheck, that's not how you ought to live. Why? Because a paycheck is not a promise. That's why you don't live like that. A paycheck is not a promise. If you don't learn that the next time something happens, that's not the pandemic... Maybe it's a layoff. Maybe it's a shutdown. Maybe it's your health. You might just have a health challenge. It can be anything. Because why? You don't know how it's coming, when it's coming, and where it's coming. But you got to be prepared. See, you can't just be angry at the food that put you in it. I'm mad at someone. They they laid me off. I'm mad at you. You can't be mad at the fools that put you in the position that you're in. You have to prepare. Why? Because there's still fools out there. And there always will be. You have to prepare. There's fools in your family. There's fools on your job. There's fools in your neighborhood. You cannot focus on that you got to be prepared. Now watch this. When you don't learn from your adversities, listen, you never get rid of a drama-filled life. A drama is always in your life. Listen. People who always are in drama are unprepared. Ooh, right there. People that are always in drama, they're unprepared. Now, I'm not talking about anybody at our church because we know we got it going on. (laughs) People that are always in drama are unprepared. Have you ever met a person, everything is drama? (laughs) All of us have met somebody. Everything is drama. Every situation that comes up is drama. In some way, they're out of control. They spastic. They, you know, they cussing. They stress. They whatever. They all um, they have an attitude. They just all over the place. They are like that, that, excuse me, because they're unprepared, haven't learned anything. Sometimes I can talk to people. I can hear the, I can hear it in their voice. Just unprepared. Drama. I even laugh. Some try to hide. But you can't hide drama. You know, one thing that I've adopted from my founding pastor. And one thing that amazed me over our years of marriage. And... and it, 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 it blesses me so, being married to this man 40 years. One thing about him, he never made a big deal about things. Never did. Something that Minister Martin said uh, at his funeral, and it sticks with me all the time. He said, you know, it was something about Pastor Hill, if we were somewhere or whatever, when he walked in, it's just like, everything is going to be all right. It stuck with me. You know why? Because he never, ever got excited about nothing. He got no turmoil about nothing. He was always calm. I was the excitable one. And I guess he had to bounce that off because he would calm me down in different... He always, always never made a big deal. And one day I asked him, I said, you know what? Everything is always so calm with you. I'm coming in and I'm... And, and while I'm talking to him, he's looking at me like this. And I'm just... I And he's just as calm. I told you I'm adopting everything that he did. He would just be calm. And I asked him, why are you so calm about this? Why are you so calm about this? He said, because I've learned... Through adversity, through troubles, through things. He he was always prepared. I was getting uproar about something. He said, Al, calm down. He never made a big deal out of anything. He was prepared for the phone to ring, and so am I. He was prepared. He was prepared for things that he didn't expect, and so am I. If he got a phone call that he didn't expect, it's because he expected it, not, he expected not to expect it. That's just the way he was. And I watched that over 40 years. I watched it. And it was considered that was just who he was. I've learned that through watching him. Did you hear me say, I have learned. Now, I wasn't always that way. I'm not ashamed to say that. I wasn't always that way. And I'm sure he probably wasn't either, but he got that way whenever. But that was who he was. But I've learned that anything can happen at any time, and I have to be ready, because he was. He left that example. No matter what came up, he was always ready. Just always ready, always. I don't know what was going on the inside, and I knew him pretty well. I knew him, I I knew him well than anybody on this earth, but he was always, he was just calm, prepared, that's what that's called, and ready. So, I've learned that anything that can happen, can happen. And any time, I have to be ready. Be ready to deal with adversity. It means that you must learn. I've learned that. You must learn. If you're going to be ready for adversity, you must learn. So I'm going to give us three things this morning that we have to learn. Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And note this as your number one. To be ready to deal with adversity, we must learn to trust our relationship with God. I must trust my relationship with God. Notice what I did. Sometimes it's just as important to notice what I didn't say in as much as what I did say. Notice I didn't say that you need to trust God. I said you need to trust the relationship with God. And I didn't say you must trust God because that statement has gotten a little distorted for some. It's, been, it's gotten a little distorted. We have to learn to trust the relationship and what I've found is that Christians find themselves, whenever they find themselves in an adversity, they forget that they have a relationship with Him. They, all of a sudden it just escapes them. The relationship. They forget, I have a relationship. What they start doing when adversity comes is looking at all the relationship that they think has to do with that adversity. Not him... Not the relationship I have with God. This happened because this happened. That happened because that. And if that wasn't right there. And if he wasn't there. And if she wasn't there. See, they're looking at all the relationships that they think that brought on the adversity. But they never pay attention or think on the relationship that they have. I hope you get this. I got to learn to trust the relationship I have with God. This is, please write this down, and please always remember this. Your relationship with God is built for tough times. It's built for tough times. Let me tell you, your relationship with God is not built for good times. (laughs) Did you know that? Your relationship with God is built for tough times. It's not built for pleasant times. It's built for tough times. Thank you, Lord. That's enough to just go on and shout about. Built so I can understand because of the relationship I have, any tough time I have, the relationship I have with him is going to see me through. That's when you can operate out of Psalms 91. You can't operate out of Psalms 91 because you quote it. You operate out of Psalms ninety-one because you have a relationship with Him. You understand that relationship, and you understand it's for tough times like this. It's built for the adversities of our lives. God put it in the package. Woo! He put it in there. I'm telling you, God didn't leave out anything. I'm telling you, the meeting in heaven didn't leave nothing undone. He covered every area. I need to trust that I have a relationship with the Almighty God. Listen, you cannot learn to have a relationship with God when everything goes awry. You, no, 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 no. to already be there. Don't try to get it once everything goes awry. You gotta learn to trust the relationship so that when things start to go awry, (laughs) whether it's with, whether it's the adversary, Whether it's the perilous times, whether it's the human element, whatever way it comes, whether it's just unmet expectations, something that comes up, however the adversity will come, I'm depending on this relationship, not what has caused it. you got to say, wait a minute, when I start thinking on everything other than the relationship, I have to say, wait a minute. I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with my Heavenly Father. And I have to trust that relationship with Him. I have to trust it. You know, it's okay for people to pray for you, but you got to trust the relationship you have. Thank God for prayer, but you got to tr- trust the relationship you have. Because here's the thing. The only way that I'm going to make it through adversity is with the relationship. With the relationship I have with God. That's the only way I'm going to make it through. That's the way I've made it through this year and a half. It's my relationship with God. And if listen, and if you're streaming this morning and you don't have a relationship with God, you had better get one. Because I'm telling you, I don't know how you're going to get through adversity. I can pray for you, but I don't know how you're going to get through. Because the only way that I get through adversity is my relationship w- through with Him, the Almighty God. That's the only way. The only way I got through and the only way I'm getting through is my relationship with the Almighty God. I don't know, if you don't have a relationship with him, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to get through. And if you joined in and you liked that I said, you know, you need a pen and pad to take note, and you might take some information down or jot down some practical tips that I'm teaching, but guess what? If you don't know the Father, I can't help you. I don't care how good it sounds. I can't help you. You have to have a relationship with Him. you got to know your Heavenly Father. And you got to trust the relationship. Trust it. Trust it. Because what I found out is when you go through adversity, most Christians go to everybody but Him. Let me go talk to Minister Hayes. Let me go talk to Minister Martin. Let me talk to Minister Rodriguez. Let me talk to Minister Stinson. Let me go talk to Pastor. Let me talk to everybody. But I can't trust the relationship for myself. Well, what you think? What do you think I ought to do? What do you think? Pray for me. Well, let me tell you some of it. Because I'm really not going to tell you all of it. But I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you what this. Let me tell you that. I not, I'm, not te- I'm not about to tell you everything. But I'm going to tell you what I want you to know. You wouldn't believe what's happening to me. See. Everything but him. Everything but the relationship. What about your heavenly father? What about the relationship you have with him? Let me give you some things we have to learn to do. We must learn, letter A, to trust his path. Trust his path. P-A-T-H. Trust it. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, not some of them, in all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Just simple as that. I gotta trust that. That's built into the relationship. Now let's just tell the truth. When adversity comes, the first thing we, this is the first thing we try to do, is we try to understand it. We try to understand it. <clears throat> the first thing, what's going on? Well what happened? Well, OK, tell me this. Now how did that happen? See, we try to understand it. He just said, "Don't lean to your own understanding. but that's the first thing we do. Let me understand. How did how come that happen? When did that happen? You even said, "Well I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Listen, you gotta trust the relationship with the Almighty God. Trust the relationship you have with God. I have to stop leaning to my own understanding. I have to acknowledge. That means I have to say. I got to acknowledge. I got to obey. I got to fully submit. What? And acknowledge Him. Why? Because He's going to direct my path. Now, let me tell you about the path. So you'll be aware of it. (laughs) This is where we fall off. Because listen, this path is not going to seem like it's going to let you get through. See, that's when we Oh, let me get so and so to pray for me. Let me get so and so, let me get this, let me get let me find this, let me find this, let me find confirmation, let me find that. Let me say sometimes the path is not gonna seem like it's gonna take you through your adversity. But I gotta trust that he's gonna put me on the path, that he's gonna take me through the situation, he's gonna take me through the adversity i got to trust that. Why? Because he said he shall direct your path. Now here's the actual truth. Here's the actual truth. He already put you on a path to take you through the adversity before it arose. He already did it. See, See, if you don't have that relationship, you can't get that. He's already put you on the path before it arose. Before it manifested to you, He'd already put you on the path. But you don't trust the relationship. Most of the time, God has already put you on the path, and you take yourself off the path. As soon as adversity manifests, because you don't know what to do, you're trying to understand. God is saying, be still, trust in the relationship, and you move off the path to make it work. You know, we all know, I got I got this. Let me handle this now. Just get off the path. Now, do you trust the relationship enough to stay on that path? Now that the adversity has risen up, can you stay on the path? I haven't forgotten 2 Corinthians. You just stay with me. See, everybody likes Psalms 23, the first part. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Oh, everybody loved that. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth, he leadeth me by by the still waters. Nobody likes, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, now, you know, it was good until he, he set a table in prison of oh, all the enemies. See, we all like just all the good stuff. We don't like those verses in the middle. But guess what? No matter the verse, I got to trust the relationship. I got to trust. That even if I feel like I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, even though the path seems rugged, if he laid it out for me, and if I'm in his will, and the adversity is coming and the adversity is here, I must trust the relationship. I trust you God. I trust the relationship. I'm not going to get outside this path. I'm not. When you trust the relationship, even when you can't see it, you don't deviate. Don't move. If you can't see the end, but God put you on that path, don't deviate. I don't, let me say, children will talk you out of it. You got to let a child be in the child's place. I don't care how old they are. I won't deviate. Not only must we trust the path, let it be, I must learn to trust His promises. I must learn to trust His promises. Not your profession, not your confession. Now listen attentively. All of God's promises are designed to counteract the problem. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. All of God's promises are already designed to counteract a problem, whatever problem you're having. It's already built in to the relationship, so you can't trust the promise without understanding that. Listen, listen, ooh, listen. You cannot. You cannot. Understand or trust the promise without understanding that there's going to be a problem. There's going to be a problem. <laughs> See if you if you under, if all you think is the promises is all just no. You understand the promises. You you trust in the promises because you know there's going to be a problem. See, oftentimes we say we trust and we believe in the promises of God. But what we want with the promises is we want no problems. I just want the promises. No problems. We just want victory. I'm more than a conqueror. I like to say that. I'm an overcomer. And all that's true. But none of these things have gone You, none of these things could be possible. How can you be an overcomer, a victory in it, without going through something? <laughs> How can you be more than a conqueror? What, are you, what have you conquered? It has to be something you conquered. <laughs> How can you have victory unless you've once been a victim? How can you be overcomer? It's sad to be something that you've overcame. So how, do, how, how come you think that there won't be any problems, there won't be any trouble? How are you going to be all of those things and go through no troubles? Most of the time people use those things only as it pertains to money. I'm getting a raise. I'm more than a conqueror. I got a, oh, I got a stimulus chunk. Oh, I'm an overcomer. Hmm, in order to be a conqueror, you have to something. You have to conquer. You have to be a victim of something. This collar that you're victorious. So what happens is we get bent all out of, sh- out of shape by the problems of adversities. Why? Because we don't trust the relationship. We don't trust the relationship. And we thought the relationship was designed to exclude us from problems. And it never has been. It's designed to exclude us from difficulties, from challenges, from problems, from any adversity. That's what that's for. How? You can't even explain that to my granddaughter and great-grandson to make that make sense. Listen, it rains on everybody. Know that. I don't care who you are. This pandemic, it happened to the atheists too, the agnostics. You didn't get a stimulus check. Let me tell you, that was a Jew that didn't get one, that was a Muslim that didn't get one. It rains on everybody. No one's excluded. I'm missing because you know the devil is a liar because I'm a Christian no somebody else somebody else everybody's affected by this pandemic it rains on everybody get that the only difference between you missing the paycheck and them missing the paycheck listen is that you have a promise that they didn't that didn't come from the government did you hear me See, that's the difference between all of those, the agnostics, the atheists, the Muslims. You, the difference with you and you not getting a paycheck or the pandemic uh, affecting you in a certain way is the promise you did not get from the government, but the promises of God. So I have to learn to trust John 16 and 33, write that scripture down. That in this life you shall have tribulations. In other words, it wouldn't change that scripture if I said, in this life you shall have troubles. But when you have it, he said, have peace, be of good cheer. Why? Because I have already overcome the world for you. You got to learn to trust that in the relationship. You got to learn to trust Romans 8. That nothing shall separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. No matter what goes on, God loves me. You have to listen, we have to stop calling God's love into question. Why am I going through this, God? You. Why, why do you keep bringing God's love into question? When I first adversities in my life. I have to say, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. No height, nor depth, nor principalities, or powers. No person, no things present, nor things coming, nor things past. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I have to trust that no matter what I think somebody is doing to me, God loves me. So you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be down with that relationship. It doesn't matter what you think of me, what you say about me, God loves me. I have to trust Philippians chapter 4. I've learned not to be anxious. Don't be anxious. I've learned how to cast or throw all of my cares upon Him. Why? Because He cares for me. That's built into the relationship. And then listen, I let the peace of God that passes all understanding keep my heart and my mind. Not the answer. See, that's the problem. We're looking for the answer to give us this peace. No, 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 no. That's not what's going to give me the peace. Let me tell you, me keeping my mind stayed on here. I let the peace of God. Jesus said, I'll leave you that peace. You got it. you holding on to it. i let it keep me. When adversity comes. It keeps my mind. It makes my heart stay where it needs to be. It keeps me diligent to making sure nothing gets into my heart that's going to mess up what's already in my heart and in my mind. Not the answer. Listen, just the fact that I'm made... I've just simply made the request and given me peace. Why? Because of the relationship. That gave me peace. Just when I just, I just made the request. Haven't seen any results. But the peace comes because I'm talking to my father that I have a relationship with. I made the request. He knows what's going on. I don't have to be an anxious not another day. So let the peace of God keep my heart and my mind. See, I have to learn to trust 1 Corinthians 15 56 to the end, 58 that even in death I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> so what I need to do when adversity comes is just go ahead and be steadfast and unmovable. Unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, understanding this: that even if I die, even if my husband die, our labor is not in vain. See, that's in the relationship. you got that. I'll have to, I have to trust what he says in First Corinthians 10 that there's not any temptation. That has taken me to death which is coming to man. What I'm going through, somebody else is going through. What you're going through, somebody else is going through. And if not, you will one day. Somebody else has been through it or going through it. But with, the, with God, He has provided a way of escape. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. That's why your heart and mind has to be right. Because if your heart and mind is not right, it's hard to learn how to trust this relationship. If your heart and mind, let me you, it's hard to trust this relationship. You're going to do every other thing to try to make it work. It's hard to trust this relationship. See, everybody say they trust God. But do you trust the relationship? there's a difference in just saying I trust God do you trust the relationship you know I have family members that I don't talk to all the time we don't live in the same city and we you know we don't spend a lot of time together but you know what I know they are phone call away I trust the relationship I know that I can call them anytime they want to and they know they can call me anytime that they want to If I need them, I can call them and they'll help me. So watch this. It's all because I trust the relationship. Now I have other family members that I talk to regularly, but I don't trust the relationship. So I won't call them for any and everything if I need help. Don't have nothing to do with the love. I'm just saying, I'm talking about trusting a relationship now. Stay there. I got others I I wouldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't and I couldn't call them to help. But I got some that I don't even see that often. Don't even talk to that often. But I trust the relationship. Why? Because I have confidence in their words. I know how they live. I know what they stand for. I know the things that they've said. So if something is going on in my life, I say to myself, do I need to pick up a phone and call them? Because I trust the relationship. Because I trust the relationship. So when you trust the relationship with God, you don't have to get a... Listen, now, from that example I gave you, now I'm going to give you a truth that I want you to grab hold of. Now, I'm not talking about intercessory prayer. I'm talking about your prayer life. Listen. When you trust the relationship with God, you do not have to get up and make a daily confession. Because then you have to ask yourself, who are you trying to convince? Daily confessions and saying the same thing for me with an understanding. It's for weak-minded, weak faith, weak believers that don't understand the relationship. Why? This because again, remember what we're talking about, understand the relationship. See, you trust God, but you, I'm talking about the relationship. you got to trust it. The reason why, why is it that I don't have to get up every day and make a same confession to God? I'm talking about my personal prayer time and my personal life talking about the same thing to Him. Listen, if I know who God is and I know what He said. See, you have to know who He is and know what He said. And I've learned... Through adversity, that he always does what he says. I don't, I don't, I don't need to keep telling him the same thing every day. Why? Because I trust the relationship because I know what his word already says he's going to do. Now I can thank him all day long. But I don't have to keep it. oh, I got her now. Because remember, the word says, God said, put me in remembrance. Oh, that wasn't for him. <laughs> that was for you. You didn't think God forgot, did you? You don't think you, he meant, put me in remembrance because I forgot what I said. No, no. He said, uh, put me in remembrance so you can hear it. So you can believe that it's already built into the relationship. So I got to, now see, if you don't know what he said in his word about what he will do, well, yeah, you keep begging him and asking him. But if I know it's in the relationship, I can ask him, I can thank him 24-7, but I don't have to ask him about that anymore. Why? Because it's in the relationship, and he already said he's going to do it, so it's done. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Grab that. Grab that. Grab it and hold it. Grab it and hold it. See, I don't have to, if, if cancer's in my body, I don't have to wake up every morning and say, Father, heal me. And then next week, Father, just heal me. God, please, just heal me. I throw up in the toilet and I get up and say, God, just him. What? It's in the relationship. I throw up and I say, thank you, Father. That in this relationship, you're the healer. You sit your word and heal me. I'm thankful. I don't have to ask you for what's already built into the relationship. Ooh, you better get this. I said, thank you. Oh, you know what? You know what? To, to find out what's built into the relationship, you're gonna have to read your Bible. or you going to keep talking to God about the same thing that's already there God is saying you're wearing my ear tired about something that's already built in the relationship so I just use the prayer of thanksgiving just thanking him that I have a relationship with you I don't have to keep saying the same thing to him every day Because why? I know when I need him that he'll do what he said he'll do. I'm not God's reminder. He's my reminder. I don't need to give him a reminder as though he has forgot. He gave me the Holy Ghost. I don't need to give him a earful as though he forgot. I thank you, Lord. Remember what we're dealing with. The relationship. I want you to get this. The relationship. you got to keep the relationship. I don't know how long I've been out of time, but I'm going to give you one more. We do not only trust the past and the promises, but we also have to trust the provision. Trust the provision. See, the Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and 33, First seek ye the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You have to add to life. I need to take no thought for my life. Add to life. Take no thought for your life. Don't worry about that. Sufficient. Well, let me tell you, that's sufficient for today. Is the evil thereof? He's already. It's taken care of in the relationship. All I need to do is be righteous. That's my part. Just be righteous. Do I trust that? Do I trust that? Do I trust that if I'm righteous, he'll provide? Do I trust that? Do I trust him? You have to learn to trust the relationship. See, we're talking real talk this morning. Nothing spooky. I don't have nothing spooky. You have to go to another stream for that. Another church for that. I'm not talking spooky. I'm talking real The real thing. Do I trust that if I'm righteous, if I'm living a righteous life, He will provide? And if I don't trust that, I need to learn that. Why? Because another adversity is coming. Bigger than this one, bigger than your last one. It's coming. And God is telling you right now, trust the relationship now. Trust it right now. This is your opportunity to trust God no matter what. Father, I trust this relationship. I find in your word what your word says about this relationship. I trust in it. When you trust in it, God is going to show you. I'm going to be righteous because I'm trusting it God is a faithful God he's a good God he's a forever God listen I'm telling you I need to learn that because another adversity is coming and what am I going to do I'm going to be righteous now and when it comes and after it leaves and get ready for the next one because I don't know when where or how it's coming but I do know that it's coming I won't quake I won't shake. I'm gonna stay on the path. I'm gonna get off. I will not get off the path. I will not get off the path. You better not get off the path. I don't care how devastating it looks. Let me. I've run out of time. I've been out of time. But listen, we're gonna get back to it next week. You have to. You have to be here to get it. But right now, you you have enough. You have enough to think on. The relationship. You got enough to think of. You got to trust the relationship. I trust the relationship I have. I'm telling you. If I, one day I'll be able to tell you all the different things that God has worked with me in trusting the relationship over these months. Things that you would never know. But I trust the relationship with God. That's what will get you through every adversity. Because one is coming... He's preparing us for the next and the next and the next. And by the way, with every adversity, he still wants you on the wall. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net. (laughs) Thank you. turn thelip